Craft Beer Radio, episode 125, October 10th, 2008. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. This is Jeff Bear. And this a show which is our Central Quadrennial? <laughs> it doesn't really sound right. It doesn't have a right no, ring to I it. I told you it wouldn't. Hundred twenty fifth show. We are uh upset at not being able to go to the Great American Beer for for legitimate reasons, but we're still upset about not being able to go to the Great American Beer Fest, so we're gonna However, have However our, our listener little... Mike from San Diego has sent us our own great American Beer Fest. Right. So we're going to thank Mike especially for this show because he sent us a lot of great beers. And we're going to... It's going to be one hell of a show. Yeah. Well, we oh. hope. I mean, unless they're all crap. But Yeah, they could all be crap, but they don't look like crap. Where do we start? Um, yeah, let's start with that one. I know it's crazy to start with the IPA. Well, it's uh, probably one of the lower alcohol ones. So that's that's a good theory in starting. This beer is from Stone Brewing. This is a beer I've never knew they made until I opened the box from Mike. This is Stone's Cali Belgique India Pale Ale. So I would presume that it is like a an Uthra Hoppet or an Oblong Schuf, where we have the uh, considered a Belgian IPA according yeah. to Beer Advocate. So. Uh, 6.9% alcohol by volume. It's brewed once, so limited if you can find it. Uh, we're drinking out of these Stout's semi-tulip glasses. So yeah, They're a tall tulip. They're a fun glass to drink out of. Probably not as scientific as the Sam Adams one, but I think they're going to do a lot of the the same thing. Oh, that's a beautiful golden color. Very clear golden Big, foamy, fluffy, pillowy head on it. Mm -hmm. About two fingers or so. Uh, Very white. Maybe a little bit off, a little creamy looking. Um, Yeah, like Jeff said, it's a nice kind of orangey color. It's very clear. I need to apologize, everyone, for the uh, audio quality last week. Greg had ported the show the previous week on his laptop, and it worked fine. But he had reformatted his his laptop between them. And we set it up, but I think we forgot to check the adjust DC bias offset. I think that's what put all the noise in it. Hopefully, we're this is better this week. We're back to this show is going to be much better. We have a brand new formatted computer, fresh Windows, fresh edition, and the waveform looks pristine. So the aroma on this one, first aroma I got, I'm like, ooh, that's hoppy. Second aroma was kind of like, ooh, that's that's sewer drainy, that's sulfury. Yeah. I totally agree with you. The first thing I smelled was hoppy. The next thing I smelled was, well, just a little bit of, of sewer drain. Uh, a little bit of that uh, organic component, you know, the negative organic smell, I guess you could say. S- stuff that... Um, and now I'm back to kind of orangey citrus. It, it, I gave it another swirl to release some new aromatics. Mm-hmm. And now it tastes kind of fresh and citrusy. Taste the sewer drain in there, can you? A little bit, yeah. Aside from that, I'm getting um, kind of a juicy orange. Yeah, but it's all got this sewer drain right in the middle. Yeah. Oh, the aftertaste is rough. Right now, it's like raking my tongue with... Ugh. 
Yeah, that that's not good. Ooh, this might be a dumper. I'm going to give it one more try here. Ooh, that is... Wow. All right. Oh, the aroma is ass. The aroma is terrible. I mean, the aroma smells like, like a storm drain. I mean, it really does smell Not like... a storm drain, but... Um... Yeah, I mean, like if, if well, storm drains don't really. I mean, maybe in the city where you know hobos pee in them, they smell bad. Right. But uh, you know, I recently replumbed my sink, and when you take the trap off, the the down part that goes into the wall, there's no trap there, so the sewer smell comes out, and it, it's pretty similar to this actually. So if you're curious, oh. go under your kitchen oh, sink. Oh, that's nasty. Go under and- your kitchen sink and take the trap off and smell the part that comes out of the wall. And you'll know exactly what the second taste I had, and that's all that I tasted really. I'm getting more of that juicy orange. I'm getting uh, a little bit of pepper. See, second that taste didn't like. I'm not getting killed with the aftertaste that time. I'm trying to look past the flaw right now. I'm trying to give a little bit of background before we. I'm not going to finish this. We're going to dump it out. I'm trying to give a little bit more background on it. It's not as Belgian-y as uh, a Hoppet or a Oblong Schuf. There's some interesting flavors in there, but yeah, this bottle's screwed up. Yeah, I mean, most of the reviews I'm, I'm looking at right now, they have a beer kit are in the A's to B's. Now, Stone always gets a little bit inflated reviews because people love Stone, but still, in general, they would not rate a beer that tasted like this this high. So clearly there's something wrong with the bottle. Uh, probably got infected or something. The aroma kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know what beer. Oh. No, I can't drink anymore. That's nasty. That's just nasty. See, I'm past it. Let's see, is your glass different? Your glass is different. Here, smell mine. I mean, I think it's less. I think mine is less gross. You're right. Have a taste of mine. I don't want to. Give it a taste. Yours just smells like socks. I took a really small sip, so I really didn't get killed with it. But your mine smells better than yours. I wonder why that is. Mine was the top. Mine was the first part. I poured mine first, hmm. so maybe you're closer to the trube and the trube's ass. <laughs> Here, take another sip of mine. See if you can find anything redeeming to say about it. I think if it were fresh and good, it would have a nice kind of pepperiness to it. Mm-hmm. That's you know I, I can taste some of that in there. Jeff's glass is obviously way better than mine. Have a nice big sip of mine. I just want to see. <laughs> you don't want to torture me. Don't yes, you? I had a big sip, so you should too. Oh <laughs> wow! <laughs> Same bottle, right? I pour mine first. You pour your second, and it's so different. I mean, really nasty, right? It's moderately nasty. It tastes a bit like paste. And see, I'm not, I must be getting kind of numb to the sewer drain, the sulfuriness. But in yours, it's tasting like uh, a construction paper paste. I'm not going to even try it again to see if I can if I can. That was just totally nasty to me. And like I said, I don't blame Stone. I think it's just a bad bottle. I think that, that happens occasionally. And uh, We should blame Mike from San Diego. <laughs> Yeah, Mike. Okay, so we're back. Uh, We really wanted to like a Belgian-style stone. It just sounded intriguing to me, but man. Want to get stone one more try? Yeah. Okay, so this one is one-third stone. This is the Belgian-style 
I believe it says triple under the sticker. Yeah, it's in the back there. Yeah, Mike from San Diego put a sticker right over the name of the beer. Um, <laughs> thanks, Mike. Uh, we won't miss his name. Belgian style triple ale from Stone Brewing Company, McKellar Brewing, and Alesmith Brewing. So triple, three breweries collaborating on a beer is what we're looking at here. Those letters on the back are way too small for me to read. I must be getting old. Hey, you got 2010 vision, right? Mm-hmm. You could probably read that. Yeah. Anything important there? Uh, this is a story of how a collaboration brew with IMO. They put IMO on here, in my opinion. Uh, two, <laughs> LOL. Uh, two of the greatest breweries on the planet initially began with a fit. Two of the greatest, so I guess they don't count Mickler in there or one of them. Uh Initially, it began with a fiery yellow beer. It all started in Denmark in the late 90s when it grew. Blah, 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 blah. This is, okay, this is the guy from Mickle, so he's saying about Al Smith and Stone, they're two of the greatest brewing. Oh. Mickelin's not from California, I guess. It's from Denmark? Uh, yeah. Okay. DK, yeah. So it's just, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know how Stone puts all this nonsense on their beers. I'm sure it's the same sort of thing. It's, it's just, we're going to put a whole lot of nonsense in. I actually kind of uh, enjoy that about Stone, and that you know, if you're drinking alone, it's fun to you know just sort of read the bottle and, and see what and see what nonsense they decide to put on there. Right, but reading it off to uh, craft beer radio listeners, our esteemed audience, not exciting. So this is nine point five percent, relatively high alcohol for a triple. I think uh, it's got the look of a triple. It's certainly got that yellowish color. It's um, uh, yeah, it's yellow. It's a goldenrod, a little bit lighter than the last beer, just as clear. I do have, while it's not cloudy, I do have flecks of yeast floating throughout mine. They're kind of suspended in there. I smell uh, the, the the Belgian sort of candy sugarish smell. I smell sulfur again. I smell sulfur again too. Again, it's, it's the uh, it's the stinky sewer drain, horse blanket maybe. There's really a turnoff in the aroma. There's still trace of that in the flavor, but it's not nearly as strong as it was in the other one. But something... Oh, it, it's... Mine's... Yours is bad now? I mean, yeah, mine's not enjoyable at all. It's... Ugh. I'll see if my... See if my glass is the better one this time. Yours is better. Or... There's still some there? Yeah, there's still some there, but it's a better... I think I poured yours first this time, right? Yeah. The Belgian yeast that Stone must use for these Belgian beers. I, I don't know. I don't want to make a generalization. It, it's a shame that two of these beers are off. But I'm going to dump this one, too. So am I. It's just not worth it. Not worth our sobriety. I mean, this is a 9.5% alcohol beer. And you know, it smells like... Uh, it, it's a little bit different than the last one in the the off flavor. Let me see if I can describe some more detail the off flavor, just to educate the the audience a little bit. It's a little more grapefruity than the last one. It's not as like the sulfur component isn't as pungent. I don't see anybody who's had the same kind of experience. Oh, we've had oh, that flavor. That I just took another sip and it. Oh. It it almost makes my, it almost makes me um, swear off beer. Not swear off beer, <laughs> but it almost gives me a heaving type reaction. It is not good. Yeah, none of the none of the reviews have anything below like a B minus in this. So I gotta think this is just off bottles for some reason. That uh, maybe Mike when they when it, he bought it's him, it's weird that they're so similarly off. 
you know, because from my experience, you know, these two beers are the only two Belgian style stones I've had. And they're very similar in character, right? My presumption would be that their Belgian yeast is very finicky and can go shitty really quickly. Particularly on a cross-country trip. Maybe. All right, so we're down to uh, three beers to go. We're done with stone. (laughs) How unfortunate. You know know how much I want to love a stone? I, you know how much I really want to like have a show where I put I, stone number I one. I thought these two beers were great chances. I mean, sure they're they're cute bottles with golden silk screening on them and whatnot. I, I was just really hoping that they'd be fantastic Belgian style beers without too much of that sticky stoneness. But well, they uh, don't have the sticky. They stoneness. don't have the sticky stoneness. They're just <laughs> but they substitute that with sewer drain. I don't think that's a good substitute. Oh, what to do next? Let's do. Eight and a half. How much is this guy? Let's do that one. That's a heavy bottle. It's a champagne bottle. Eight and a half. Five and a half. I guess we got to do this one first. All right. This one is the one I am actually most excited about. This is the beer called Groin. G or no Goin. G O E I E N. Two thousand eight saison. Brewed and bottled by a pork brewing company, Marcos, California. There is a caricature of uh, some blonde girl, which I probably should know, but I don't, and and Tommy Arthur. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's not a very uh, flattering caricature no, it's of Tommy not. Arthur. It makes his forehead look to me. <laughs> I mean, Tom, Tom's losing, Tommy's losing some hair. You know, he has a really short haircut, and he's kind of balding, and a goatee and glasses. But, um, man, he has a peanut head in this caricature. Oh well, but it's a saison, right? Saison. Pop goes the saison. <laughs> this has a Mike from San Diego sticker on it too, so thank you, Mike. This is a show basically sponsored by Mike because he sent us such a good collection of beers. I mean, you know, this is up there. Well, the first two beers really don't testify to it, but you know, the Brian sent us that. You know, the I am beer wise guy sent us those Philly beers. That was a great show too. And um, you see, it's for a second. I'm trying to find it on Mike. On, seldom disappoints with those two stone beers. Okay, here we go. Five point five percent alcohol by volume. Rome is kind of tough to find right off the bat. It's kind of car- well. There's it's so much. There's a big head in here. This is yeah. four or five fingers worth of head. So we have a uh, more yellow beer, slightly cloudy. It's um. Touch gold. Big fluffy head on it. Very white. Very puffy. I've been, uh, you know, I'm a big Twitter geek, right? So James Spencer from Basic Brewing Radio. Rick Sellers from Pacific Brew News and Draft Magazine. uh, Justin Davis from Davis on Draft. They're all Twittering at the Great American Beer Fest right now. Today, actually today at work, I could not, I had a hard time concentrating and getting work done. Wow, I I, I twittered I twittered a um, just a little quick thing. So there's a little piece of me dying inside today because I'm not in Denver. No, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm kind of. But shocked. hey, they didn't get to go to Saver, and we did. I'm kind of shocked at how bad I'm missing it. I mean, I didn't really want to go to the festival, the the sessions. I just wanted to be in Denver with the people. 
Um, maybe uh, next year. Maybe next, next year. year. Actually, my plan is um, I'm going to uh, – maybe you can come. I haven't talked about this with Greg yet. But Philly Beer Week is the first week of March. Philly's a lot closer. There's a lot that goes on in Philly Beer Week. And I'm planning on going with the family and doing a lot of shit. And I would like you to come if you're able to. So. March is far enough away that I can probably plan for it. Okay. First week of March, like the 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 second to the – I'll have to double check. but And then we have Sabre again in May. Which and hopefully we'll be able to go I to I think again. we'll be able to do Sabre again, especially if we can stay at your parents' place. That's yeah. great, cheap lodging. So – those are our next two big events. I, but there's so much that goes on in Philly Beer Week. I think that when I'm there, I'm going to be as happy as if I was in Denver right now. And it's going to last longer. So, well, you said a saver is coming back in. I was just like, awesome. <laughs> I yep, want to go now. They announced it today <laughs> on October 10th at the GABF at their lunch press conference. The same time they announced Saver last year that they're redoing Saver again. And it's... Um, Go to James Spencer and Basic Brewing Radio, Basic Brewing's Twitter, and find the date. I don't remember. I don't see it on BeerTown.org. Interestingly um, enough, if you go to Twitter, Basic Brewing. He twittered it a couple hours ago. But yeah, they just announced that they are doing it again. I don't know if it's a Carnegie again, the Carnegie Auditorium. I presume so, but I don't know for sure. I think they, they might want to find a better, like, a. I mean, it was an awesome venue, but maybe it was a little bit too small. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is in D.C. again. It is in May. I don't remember the date. During Craft Beer Week, probably. And Yeah, probably the end of Craft Beer Week. And I didn't hear the location. So I'm still smelling. This is the, the Groen. The, I keep putting an R in there. It's the Goeen Saison from Port Brewing. It's the Negoeen. N E. Oh, yes. Sure. If you put it really small on the label and you expect a drunk person to see it. <laughs> You're not even uh, drunk already? Kinda. A little bit. <laughs> There's a windmill on the label. Uh it's I, I can't find it on, on the Port Brewing site, but um it's a relatively light in flavor beer. There's there's also oh. a little bit there's still a little bit of sewage. I don't know where that's Coming from remnants of the stone, or whether that's just you know a sort of fact of the matter of of a farmhouse ale. Mike dosed every bottle with dirty yeah. socks and recapped them. I'm not getting too. It's much. not. It's not the same kind. It's not the same either intensity nor exactly the same kind of flavor. There's a little bit of funk, but you always expect that in in a in a decent saison. You expect a bit of funk. I think in, in the aroma, I think I'm picking up a little bit, a tiny little bit, but in the flavor, I'm not, and I'm not gonna. Attribute it to, you know, this beer. Who knows? Maybe it's a psychosomatic thing from the first two. Maybe so. Kind of getting a, an orangey flavor along with you know the lightness of a saison. A saison mm-hmm. kind of gives you the sort of light champagne type beer. Um, little orange peel with a bit of pith to it. So, I mean, that could sure. that could come from, you know... There's a little bit of wheat in the aroma. It's probably West Coast it's hop, too, and that's probably where a lot of the citrus is coming from. It just actually got a little bit of Band-Aid, which is off. In the flavor, I'm trying... I'm At trying the to very like, end, there's yeah. a little bit of that kind of 
yeah, the band-aid or, or rubberiness is... is uh, I was trying to find the good flavors in this beer, and I'm, like, really digging into the flavors. I'm like, oh, band-aid. Fuck. <laughs> I want to <laughs> like this beer so much. I shouldn't say the F word on the main show, should I? You can always edit it yeah. out. Well, sometimes you just got to leave it in. Because really, it's it's a good descriptor for what I was feeling at the time. <laughs> it's up to you. You do the editing. Yeah. Beer doesn't have a ton of... Fl- I mean, you really have to dig to find the complexity in this beer. If you're drinking it casually, it just kind of goes down. Yeah, right? it's kind of like a more refreshing than anything else. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially what a Saison is made for, right? I mean, the, the, the traditional Saison was not exactly yeah. made to be an artisan. Right. But if you're used to drinking Phantome... Right. And good saisons, you're used to digging into it and enjoying the complexities. But yeah, this one is kind of low. I mean, that's a flash under the radar, right? right? It's just refreshing. You really have to dig deep to find any kind of complexity in here. And it's, unfortunately, it's pretty, I mean, I'm, it is pretty drinkable. It's and got, unfortunately, when I dig that deep, I get bad things. Yeah. No, I agree with you. But it is pretty drinkable. It, it's, it, it goes down relatively smooth if you're not digging deep, if you're not really looking. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of... There's still a little bit of a remainder of funk on my, on my tongue, but I don't know whether that's coming from the two stones or not. Because those were some pretty strong funk that we were never really washed off our palate completely. And we haven't had a beer that would really do that either. You need some so, crackers or some bread to yeah. really clean off the tongue. There's a, a good hoppiness to this beer. I just noticed that. I'm Like, the feel... Well, I'm saying, on, I mean, that orangey stuff, yeah. that comes from that hot. The feel that's sitting so. on my tongue right now. I didn't notice it in the flavor, really. But late aftertaste, I have this mouthfeel right now. And I'm trying to capture this mouthfeel. And I got this weight on my tongue. And it's the weight that you feel after you're drinking a good double IPA, right? How do you describe it? It's not really the hoppiness. It's not the citrus. It's, it's resin. It's, it's this resin. Of- it's this heavy weight on your tongue. It's coating on your tongue that... It feels like I just drank Hop 15, or uh, Hop 15 is the stone, or the, the port beer, the, the double IPA with the right. bombs that drop from the bombers and the hop bombs, you know. Uh, I'm getting a feeling like that, like I've drank an IPA, I have the mouth feel like I drank one, but it really doesn't taste that way when you're drinking the beer. Aftertaste, I guess, more so than mouthfeel. It's the mouthfeel of the aftertaste. I think this will be the first glass we finish tonight. Aside from our pre-show beer. Which, oddly enough, is ranking now the best beer of the night so far. <laughs> Aside from our video show. Yeah. Mike from San Diego. We, uh, we love your support, but unfortunately... Through no fault of your own. I mean, you didn't know that the Stone Cali Belgique IPA was going to be sour or skunked or sewer drain, whatever. Right. And uh, ruined, I think, is the best way to put it. Pretty much. When I when I opened the box and saw the beers he sent me, I like pop, pitched a little tent right there. I was like, ooh, man, I can't wait to do these. And now we're halfway through the show and... None of them have been, lived up to my expectations. We're, That's the problem with performing expert. You know, it, it kind of goes back to our last show. Were our there's your problem. With, well, there's your problem with performing expectations. I mean, we have such. We had that Lost Abbey show that the, the one that Mike sent us, and you know, we we formed such a high opinion of Lost Abbey. But we like those ones. We love those beers, but every time we've tried Lost Abbey since, 
it hasn't quite lived up to. I still want to try Red Barn again because we mm-hmm. haven't we we have some. Mike sent us some more. Now that sip I just had was really good. I was getting more as this leafy uh, like. Oh, how do I describe? There's it? good. There's good stuff in this beer. It's just not quite as exciting, complex, entertaining, and awesome as some other saisons we've sure, had. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I, I love the Lost Abbey saison. This one doesn't quite compare. Yeah, you know, the last sip was really good. I didn't taste any badness. It was, um, I'm, it was like leafy to me, but I can't really describe what that means it wasn't leaf lettuce or romaine lettuce it oh, autumn leaves fall down you get sort of that smell right the smell of of a leaf pile all right so i was trying like it hit me in the head like this thing tastes like some kind of leaf i'm like iceberg lettuce absolutely not romaine lettuce no baby spinach no so i'm still not sure you said a pile of autumn leaves it doesn't taste crunchy enough, right? I, I never really tasted a pile of leaves, so I can't say what... I mean, I imagine it's probably crunchy they're dry, but I'm just saying the sort of aroma that you You're get. making me feel really self-conscious here. You're like, I've never eaten cardboard. I've never tasted fall leaves. I, okay, okay. Uh, right, right. Just, I've tasted cardboard and fall leaves. I mean, I know what they taste like. <laughs> Does that make me a freak? I don't know. But, I mean, I wouldn't describe... A flavor is crunchy. Maybe that's it's that whole LSD senses melding thing, right? <laughs> what is that called again? Synesthesia. And <laughs> maybe you did take a couple of drops of LSD at, uh, at at the. I know you have parties on Fridays at work, so <laughs> yeah. No, that's just uh, beer and some food. That's all. All right, so we've got two beers left. Let's uh, do the big heavy green bottle. So this isn't a champagne bottle. This is one of those uh, 750 milliliter. But, really? But it is... Um, uh, bottle feels like weighs like 20 pounds. It's like a heavy, dark green bottle. This is from The Brewery. It's not Cajun corked. It's actually capped. Yeah, it's one of the ones that has a crown top lid to it. It could be Cajun corked as well, but they decided to go with the cap. Uh, the Brewery. Placentia, California, in Orange County. Yeah, it's just got brewed and bottled by the brewery, but the B-R-U-E-R-Y. All right, so the brewery. This is Saison Rue, R-U-E, Belgian-style ale. This is from the Famille Rue, which is presumably what they call their Belgian-style beers. Our rustic, deep, golden Californian farmhouse ale is brewed just a few times a year to celebrate the change of the season. Enjoy! And brewery, B-R-U-E-R-Y. Ooh, I'm smelling like uh, pine trees. First yeah. thing I smell is pine trees. Like, uh, is it hemlock? Like a very green and, and, and I haven't resin. really had hemlock so I don't know the smell but no uh, not hemlock then hemlock's the poison they drink in Romeo and Juliet <laughs> right so that's not it is that cyanide <laughs> it smells like a like when you smell like 
pine tree potpourri or something. Right, yeah. I mean, it's not quite like just pine. It's not like one of those pine air fresheners or something like that. They're, but it's a resiny smell. It reminds uh, me of a, smell. Like a pine forest type thing. Like cut branches off a pine tree. So a little bit of sap in there, too. Peppery. It's getting a little more peppery in the aroma now. Wow, that's pretty tasty. Lots of potpourri in the flavor. A good amount of honey, too. I mean, do you taste mm-hmm. that? Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know whether it's brewed with honey or not, but there's a lot of honey there in there. Oh, there has to be honey in the beer. I mean, that's potent, the honey flavor. There's a nice pepperiness at the beginning, but then it really brings on the honey. A lot of sweetness from the honey up uh, in there. So this one is, let's see here, this is 8.5%. There's a little bit of like, like I said, like a cinnamony sort of spice, clovey kind of spice in the beginning, but then mm-hmm. yeah, it it really ends uh, very honey-like, very sweet, with a lasting sweetness in the back of your tongue, and that sort of lasting uh, sweetness that that kind of grabs your tongue and sticks there. That's v- it's very reminiscent of honey, so that's why I, I mean I have to think mm-hmm. it. No, it really tastes like there. there's some honey in there. Not a huge amount of carbonation either. Uh, so it has malted rye in it. Um, I don't see anything about honey being in it. I've used 30 SRM 9. So that would be, you know, relatively golden on the SRM color. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a cloudy golden. It looks like a, what you would think a Hefeweizen would look like. The the head is not quite as creamy as what you'd expect from Hefeweizen. It's a little more... Uh, no, I don't know. It's got a pretty full mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's got a much fuller mouthfeel than the other beers we've had tonight. Um, yeah, it definitely is standing out from everything else so far. I think it might go well with the Humboldt Fog. There's a lot left. It's weird that we can't think of too much to say about this one because the other ones were so funky, and this one is actually pretty good. But we've kind of described it pretty well. It's peppery and then honey-like and with a full mouthfeel yeah. and not a huge pine amount of carbonation. Tr- I mean, for me, it was pine tree. Right. And then potpourri and then honey. And, you know, rehashing that, I don't think it's going to improve it. I mean, that's... that's yeah. It's a decent drinker. You really don't get a, a lot of, of the alcohol flavor, but you, you feel it kind of afterwards. You feel a little bit of that alcohol oh, effervescence coming I'm, out. I'm feeling the alcohol yeah. in general right now. Like, like I'm about to ask you, do we want to open the next beer or do we want to wrap up the show? Well, we, we I mean, oh, I think we have to. I'm just going for my level of intoxication right now. <laughs> Things are starting to get a little fuzzy around the edges. You, for some, did you drink before the show? I did. <laughs> because no, I, mean, I drank a bunch of water before the show to prepare. It's very interesting because Jeff is is way more intoxicated than I am. We've had essentially the same amount of beer. Okay, Jeff weighs less than I do, so that's part of it, right? I but, drank a little more of the uh, the, the video uh, show beer, the Shaftley, but that was pretty high alcohol beer. These other two, we we really didn't have much of at all. Mm-hmm. The um, the wit beer is low; it was low in alcohol. The saison was low in alcohol. I can't explain why I'm feeling like I'm feeling right now, but. I'm not feeling like I would drive anytime soon, that's for sure. Well, it's fortunate you don't have to. Yeah. I feel fine. I mean, I feel like I'm probably 
hitting the like point zero six percent, you know, in that range, still in in the drivable range, sure. but, but but not, you know, I don't really want to go much further. Right. I'd still like to try this last beer, though. Sure, we can try it. I, I would say that I am, I'd say I'm point zero eight right now, because when we blew the breathalyzer, I would not consider driving way before I was mm-hmm. intoxicated. Um, I would not consider driving right now. Not at all. Okay, so the last beer of the evening is from our buddies at Lost Abbey, Tommy Arthur. This is Inferno Ale, which is a... It's a Belgian strong pale. So Le Fin du Monde from uh, Unibrew is a beer of this style. I'm having trouble thinking of other beers in this style right now. So Le Fin du Monde. Let's try. I don't see this on their website. Eight and a half percent alcohol by volume, brewed and bottled by a port brewing company, San Marcos, California. Blabby 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 in the back label. <laughs> Jeff, who can't read. No, there's a bunch of crap, <laughs> and, and he's too drunk to read anyway. It's the same thing as on the witches. Yeah, blah blah blah. blah Corruption, blah. green lust—they're all represented on the hook on, on on the hooks today. I don't understand what that means. They're all represented on the hooks today. The number one selling at first, because it, it's in a weird font. So at first, I was like, "Did I did I misread that?" But no, it's they're all represented on the hooks today. Here's at the end. <laughs> Did you seriously think you were living a virtuous life? At least Satan serves beer in hell. He puts himself right there in that ho- flame stoked cauldron. Rumor has it the beer is straw yellow, bone dry, and simply labeled Inferno. I like it. Again, my first impression is not a ton of flavor, similar to the Witch's Wit. Really? I have to search for it. I mean, because I'm getting hit with a lot of orange. A lot of uh, orange with a sort of, or or tangerine-ish, tangerine-ish kind of flavor. um, Mixed with with a bit of piney hoppiness in there. It's got, I think, the best flavor of the night. I think it's really good. I think it's got a lot of um, nice fruity flavors. It's not incredibly, um, you know, sharp or super, or super complex, but it's got a nice, decent flavor to it. A good drinkability to it as well. Yours has more flavor than mine. Really? It's the night of different glasses. Try mine. Mine tastes more washed out. Yeah. It does. Weird. This is just a weird night. I think Inferno with some yeast might be interesting. What do you think? We didn't pour enough to really stir up the I, yeast. Though. No, because I want to try that with, with just the wit with the cheese in the post show. So no, but I'm saying this beer with more yeast. Oh, we can give it a shot. Yeah. The thing is, we didn't pour very much. It's not like I can just swirl. So, uh, put your thumb on the top and. <laughs> All right, so now we're trying it mid-hef. We're trying it with a lot of the yeast that's in there. Which is not exactly typical for a Belgian pale ale. But uh, comparing your glass to my glass, my glass was so washed out, that made me think that the yeast needed to be in there, right? I can't remember which one I poured first. But now we definitely have beers with lots of yeast in it. Actually a bit softer on the orange with the yeast, but... 
I actually think it's got less flavor now that the yeast is in there. As a matter of fact, I ruined it. Oh well. All right. So how do we rank them? Uh, for me, there's only one standout, really. For me, it's the brewery with their Saison Rue. Yeah. That one had tons of complex flavor to it. Behind it, I'm going to put um, probably Inferno, closely followed by Negroin. So we got the uh, Tommy Arthur Strong Belgian, followed by Tommy Arthur Saison. Followed by Tommy Arthur's Wit pre-show beer. And then the Stone beers do not qualify because they were screwed up. Uh, The the triple was less screwed up than the Belgian IPA, but they're both screwed up. I kind of really like the Inferno before you put the yeast in there, so I'm going to put that first. Because I I like that really being a nice big orangey kind of flavor you got from there. Just behind it is the Saison Rue. The Saison Rue is really good, too. Uh, then, you know, I'm going to disagree with you and go with the wit over the Saison just because, you know, I'm a wheat guy. Any wit beer, even if it's not the, the most complex wit beer in the world, I'm definitely, sure. you know, I, I'm kind of pre- predisposed to liking that. So I, I really did like, especially when we got the yeast in there, the witch's wit was, was, was pretty good, if not the most amazing beer in the world. So that's how I'll go with it. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. 125 episodes. That was Thank probably. You, I don't think that was in our. You know, when we first started, did we think we we're going to get to 125 episodes? I don't know what my expectations was really, but when you think of 125 shows, that's a hell of a lot of shows. That's like syndication money. <laughs> if we were on TV. Yeah, I mean, how many episodes of um, Blossom are there? You know. Yeah. Not too Whoa. many. Whoa. Not too many more than 125. We've done some significant things here. I think we've learned a lot about beer along the way, and we hope that you have too. Asking me when I started episode one whether I'd be doing 100, I don't know. I'm happy that it's worked out. Am I as successful as I thought I would have been at the beginning? Actually, probably not. Really? I was expecting to have um, some income from the show by now. Wow, really? I never expected that kind of thought i was kind of caught up in the hype of podcasting i see you thought it was gonna be a business i was spending a lot of time trying to that's true you you were weeks i was first couple months first couple quarters i was doing a lot of work to try to monetize the podcast and then i decided i'm just gonna do this for fun and from the day one i would have thought we would have had some decent paying sponsors by now well, I think that if we would have really tried, like we had some chances, we had some people come, we had at least one company come along and try to snatch us up. Oh, well, that was the Food Podcast right, Network. Yeah. If you want to sponsor Craft Beer Radio, email me. <laughs> but like I said, I a long time ago, around episode twenty-five or thirty, said, "I'm just doing." This I thing always thought of this as just a hobby. We will talk about this more in the post show, along with electric cars, uh, sushi, and what do you got? Cheese, wine, South Park, and the iPhone and South Park. All right, that's the post show. See you next week if you don't tune into the post show.
That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Craft Beer Radio.